0: Welcome to the Ember Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today as we gather together to wrestle with the ways that these ancient texts collide with our everyday lives as 21st century people. Using art, music, and the world around us as our guide, we hope to breathe new life into these texts and that our conversations spark as much curiosity and creativity for you as they do for us.
1: Hi, I'm Jeremy Grafe, and I'm one of the leaders at Ember Faith Community.
0: Hi, I'm Allison Spooner, and I'm the pastor at Faith, Emmanuel, and Hope Presbyterian Churches.
2: Hi, I'm Kelsey Wallace, and I'm a PhD candidate at Drew University.
1: For this season of the Ember Podcast, we're talking about the Book of Revelation. Whether you're a Christian or not, we hope you'll join us in exploring how the apocalyptic poetry in the Book of Revelation challenges power structures helps us to look at the way we use power, and invites us to resist oppression. This is especially relevant for Christians who are called to witness to God's grace, but we hope the Ember podcast can help spark meaningful conversations for people who have other beliefs as well. Thanks for tuning in.
0: Then another angel, a second, followed saying, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the Great. She has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Then another angel, a third, followed them, crying with a loud voice, Those who worship the beast and its image and receive a mark on their foreheads or on their hands, they will also drink of the wine of God's wrath, poured unmixed in the cup of his anger. And they will be tormented with fire and sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb and the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever. There is no rest day or night for those who worship the beast and its image, and for anyone who receives the mark of its name. Here is a call for the endurance of the saints, those who keep the commandments of God and hold fast to the faith of Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven
1: say, Welcome to the podcast. This week we're into Revelation chapter 14. And in the in the arc of the story of Revelation, it's almost like an interlude. So we've just come out of the woes, and here's kind of a moment of respite. So there's kind of a restatement about what sort of defines the faithful and the saints and God's people and what also marks those who um, are followers of the beast and what that means.
0: It's really interesting to me how the the 144,000 are talked about here. Um, we start, and it is sort of an interlude. It's not the scary stuff that was happening before. Um, and you get this language about they were singing a song and no one except them could sing this song, which is very special and neat. And then it talks about them being virgins. Um they have, they did not defile themselves with women. And that line always annoys me.
2: <laughs> You're not alone
0: in yeah. that annoyance. Um part of the reason is because it implies that these 144,000 are all men in this perspective.
2: And the fact that the phrase defiled but with women doesn't leave much to kind of question i mean this is really saying that women are the thing that are doing the defiling which means that women are somehow less than or somehow less clean than um men in this situation which as a 21st century female reader just makes me want to like throw the book across the room um because i think It's language like that that's been used so long, for so long, and and so many ways to um, kind of force women to submit um, or to characterize them as somehow inferior. Um, And I think this is one of those moments where I would want to call attention to the fact that... I think all three of us especially maybe spoon and i with particular verve are pushing <laughs> back against the text and it's not that we're rejecting the whole thing out right but there's stuff in here that as a 21st century female human i just can't get on board with and i think it would be a mistake to take this as the way things are supposed to be like this is not like a prescription for how life should go and how women should should kind of experience life as christians and christian community certainly yeah
0: I- It's interesting because, so we talked about the fact that defiling themselves with women implies that they are men, and it also implies that women are somehow the source of defilement. But it also is a kind of a strange perspective on sexuality in general. Um, So it's women, but implying really that the, the sex act itself is something that is... Um, defiling makes you less than uh, which I think has been over the centuries since this was written really damaging um, for all types of people
2: so another thing that I want to point out is particularly interesting and um, maybe damaging um, from this passage is you get the sense that God is very angry I think the word wrath comes up multiple times, um, and you get this image of the wine press of the wrath of God, and like if you take it literally, they're like juicing humans in the wine press, and the the blood like flows for a distance of 200 miles, as high as a horse's bridle. Like that's some graphic imagery, um, and for a lot of people, the image of an angry God is something that like, I'll speak for myself, like, I didn't know what to do with for a really long time, um, because to me that doesn't sound very much like good news, but there, there is a way in which when you are subject to an empire that is exploiting you, um, a god that's on your side and that's angry and that will fight for you, um, is really, a really powerful image and it's really empowering, um, I think, as someone in that situation. So, so again, I think this is a moment when we would say, if it's not good news for us, which I think in this this case, again, we would, we would be right to identify with empire um, as, you know, 21st century Americans, that this angry God might not be good news for us, but it's certainly good news for somebody.
1: Yeah, I think, too, I mean, right in the middle, kind of right in the middle of this chapter, you have here is a call for the endurance of the saints in verse 12. And it's almost, you know, we've talked about this idea before of there are these little moments kind of peppered throughout Revelation that there's this reassurance, like everything's going to be okay in the end. God's going to make all of this right. And I think kind of situated where this is, on one hand, it's, it's comforting for people who have kind of been oppressed and treated very badly by like this kind of majority force of empire. But at the same time, um, it's going to get worse. <laughs> I mean, as a preview of coming attractions, or maybe even a spoiler, like it gets way worse as Revelation kind of continues. So, I mean, calling for faithful endurance again, I think that's really significant. And this moment of being reminded that this kind of community of saints is somehow different than how the rest of the world runs.
0: I think it's worth um, just lifting up that this image of an angry God is a human image and not necessarily uh, an accurate reflection of the true transcendent God that we worship on Sunday and every day. Um, So just because this image is put forward in Scripture here and in other parts of Scripture doesn't mean that that is (laughs) the ultimate truth, but it is um, a reflection of how humans might um, think of God, how we might relate to God. So in this case, a marginalized community who is angry at the suffering they're experiencing, it feels, um, can feel a sense of solidarity Um, because God is angry on their behalf as well.
1: Yeah, a few weeks ago, we, um, as the Ember community, helped to do a joint Ash Wednesday service, and our friend and colleague Jason Perkowski, in preaching his sermon for the evening, noted that um, when we're talking about God's judgment and groups being separated, maybe it's less of an issue of groups of people being separated, but Our own kind of sinful nature, all of our own flaws being refined out of us by God, which I thought was a really hopeful image. And we've been talking about kind of the poetry of Revelation and um, what the metaphors might mean. And if we I mean, as I'm thinking about this, if, if I'm thinking about kind of like our own kind of flawed human nature, we're all in need of like some kind of remediation. There's something about each of us that needs to be brought into right relationship with God that's been out of right relationship with God and our neighbors.
2: This week, we invite you to notice the interludes of hope amidst our chaotic world. We invite you to take in the peace offered in those moments so that you may again turn and face the world and all its sufferings with compassion.
0: As we work through this text, we want to make sure that we are also in conversation with you, our listeners. So we invite you to reach out to us with questions, comments, and we'll be addressing these as we go on in subsequent podcasts. You can send your questions to emberfaithcommunity at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you.
1: The Ember Podcast is a production of Ember Faith Community. Your hosts are Jeremy Grafe. Allison Spooner, and Kelsey Wallace. Music written and performed by Subaltern Project. All rights reserved, 2017.